0: Dr. C here. Before we begin, I'd like to make sure that you're aware that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a leading provider of online therapy, and they provide video, phone, or live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. It's affordable, and you can connect with your therapist within 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to our surviving narcissism listeners, they'll offer a 10% discount for your first month of professional therapy. All you have to do is go to BetterHelp.com, that's BetterHelp.com, slash Surviving Narcissism Podcast. I know that many of you would find online therapy to be quite life-changing, and so go to BetterHelp.com, slash Surviving Narcissism Podcast, and many thanks to the people at BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. (music)
1: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast with your host, Dr. Les Carter. I'm Michaela, the program director, and in today's episode, Dr. Carter is joined by special guest, Debbie Mirza, to discuss her book, The Passive Aggressive Covert Narcissist.
0: Well, hello, Team Healthy. You know that I like to bring in uh, different and unique people to discuss the issue of narcissism here on our Surviving Narcissism podcast, and uh, today I have an author and somebody that I've been looking forward to interviewing because of uh, not only the content, but I've been looking at some of her things online, and she's very articulate in the way that she likes to express herself, so I think we're going to get some uh, some good information from Debbie Mirza. Uh, Debbie, first of all, you're you're up there in the Portland area, or actually on the the border between Washington and and Oregon. Actually, on the Washington side, there the Columbia River, I guess it is. But uh, welcome to uh, to our podcast, and I'm so pleased to have you.
2: Oh, thank you so much! It's a treat to be here. I'm honored.
0: Well, now, as I mentioned, you're an author, and it sounds like you're a a busy author, too. I know you're working on some projects, but you have a book that caught our attention uh, with my staff here uh, on our channel called The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you also have another one, and I love the topic and the title. Uh, The other book you've got is uh, called Worthy of Love. And we were talking briefly before we came on the air about how that's just such a necessary thing for people as they're trying to reclaim their life after being influenced uh, by somebody that's very difficult. First of all, talk with me about just the fact that you wrote the book, what, what uh, compelled you to do that? And uh, what are you hoping to accomplish by getting that out in the public's hands?
2: Yeah, I'm so happy it's out there. I basically wrote the book that I needed many years ago and didn't exist. Um, I had gotten out of a a very long relationship. I had not seen any kind of abuse at all. And someone in my life had said, um, it sounds like you're with a covert. Well, the first person said, it sounds like you're with a narcissist, which really shocked me. I didn't know anything about narcissism. And she said, I suggest you get a hold of a lot of information because you need to get know what you're dealing with and um and that was during the discard phase of the relationship so that was my introduction to narcissism i went and got all these books and watched all these youtube videos like everybody does read a bunch of articles and it was kind of like okay i see some things i see the rage i see you know certain things that i was finding but it wasn't the full picture a lot of when i cuz it was discussing a an overt narcissist. Um, and the person I was with was a really nice guy, <laughs> you know, and it's someone disguise, everybody loved. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And someone really chill and relaxed. And it was, it had been what felt like an easy, um, relationship, um, for me. And for so many years, I felt so lucky, you know, to be with him and my friends loved him and my family loved him. So a lot of the narcissist explanations, I was like, okay, well, this fits, but this, I'm not sure. So I, but there was enough to keep me going. So that I deep dove into the subject because it was, I was so confused and in so much pain, um, like all of us who go through this and, I ended up talking to a lot of therapists and a lot of coaches. And it was one coach I spoke with that said, He sounds like a covert passive aggressive narcissist, and they're the most difficult to recognize. And those words were like the puzzle pieces I'd been missing. Oh,
0: yeah. You know,
2: where it's like every hair stands on end because your body knows the truth, you know, when you hear it. So that launched me into really years of studying it and doing my own healing. And it was because of a, um, I got a really abuse. Well, you know, as people know, or maybe they don't with a covert narcissist, once the relationship is over, it's not over for them. They're still a target of your rage. They still want to punish you, you know? Um, so the abuse kept happening as I was learning boundaries and I was, you know, understanding more. So I received a really abusive email one day and. This one pushed me over the edge. <laughs> you know, it had been a buildup of so many years of just so much emotional and psychological abuse. And I kind of, for a few days, just went almost, I would say catatonic. I just didn't speak for three days. You just hit that place of numbness. You know, you, you, you just, your body, it just feels like I've hit my limit, you know? And by the third day of this, I, my sadness and my grief and my confusion started turning to anger because I knew by this time I wasn't the only one going through this. I'd been to support groups and things. And it just kind of felt, I I honestly was laying in bed and my eyes were closed and it was literally like a, it felt like an invitation, almost like a vision where I saw a cover of a book with all capital letters that said the covert passive aggressive narcissist and it felt like almost like would you do this (laughs) you know
0: like it it had your name on it literally well it does now
2: yeah no it does does. yeah 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 and i knew myself if i really dedicate myself to something it's all consuming So I, after time decided, yes, I'm ready to write this. I want to write the book that doesn't exist that I needed. And I know so many other people needed. It was just like, I reached a place of like enough this is enough. This needs to be wiped from the world and be done. You know, no one should, yeah, deal with it. You know, Debbie,
0: uh, it's it's so good to hear you talk about your own personal experience and uh, the fact that you have educated yourself in a way now that you want to help others be educated. Uh, You wouldn't know, but I began my career many moons ago, Uh, doing a lot of anger workshops. And Mm -hmm. I I don't really tell everybody this, but here I am saying it right now that a lot of my inclination toward that kind of bent was the fact that in the Carter family, the the men were just mean. Uh, Mm -hmm. My own father uh, talked about how he was uh, so afraid of his grandfather that he didn't want to be around him when he was a little kid. And, uh, and so they stayed away and his father had moved away uh, from one t- uh, town to another just to get away from it. But my grandfather was also mean and my father had his issues. And, and then I have to take a look at myself. It's like, well, that's the progeny that I come from. And, and I've got to be aware of my tendencies too. And so uh, that became a part of my study and, and all like that. And then going into your space, the, the more I would do these, uh, workshops, And then we'd be talking about uh, ingredients like, yeah, um, angry people tend to be very controlling. They tend to be very Mm -hmm. fear-based, very defensive. They tend not to have good empathy. Mm -hmm. They tend to be manipulators and exploitive. And then they want to be superior, which is why they pound you into the ground. You've got to be beneath them. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm talking about narcissism here. And so that's when I started moving more and more into that kind of space. And so it sounds as though you came about it from a different angle, but you can Mm -hmm. see that there's a fusion isn't there between Mm -hmm. the narcissistic tendency and the anger. But then when we're talking about the covert, then the anger uh, by definition is probably going to be more covert, which takes Mm -hmm. us into the passive aggressive. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating how, you know, our own, uh, personal journeys can, uh, can go take us into these places where hopefully some understanding opens up to us. And that's where uh, it's, uh, apparently you're coming from. Uh, yeah. Talk to me, when, when you say, when you use the term covert narcissism, now obviously I know a few things about that myself, but when you talk about the covert narcissist, what are some of the distinguishing characters or characteristics uh, that you would say, well, we, we would need to watch for as we look for that pattern?
2: Yeah. So the traits are the exact same as an overt narcissist, but they manifest, they show up in a really covert, subtle way. So oftentimes people can be with a covert narcissist for years and many times decades and have no idea that they've experienced abuse because it's so hidden. So it can be like, you know, one interesting um, characteristic or dynamic that happens with them is every birthday, every holiday, any special day to you is always ruined, but it's not ruined or sabotaged in a very obvious way. Like I remember, you know, for myself every year, every birthday I would end up in tears, but it wasn't like, you know, no one, he wasn't yelling at me, wasn't hitting me, wasn't doing anything physical or overt but it would be the, his reactions and the, and the way he would speak to me, you know, by the end of the night, I felt like I was never grateful enough. You know, I was too picky. I was too this. I was too that. I was not enough this. And I ended up taking care of him and apologizing for things. I Obviously he had an agenda
0: for you. And you're supposed to like this or feel this or act this way and have mm-hmm. these priorities. And then when you more or less implied, but that's not where I am, mm-hmm. then it uh, it is what we would uh, refer to as uh, victim shaming. Well, there's something wrong with you then. And uh, so the reversal is there. And uh, why are you so difficult? Why are you so uh, ungrateful? That kind of thing. And so, yeah. You know, that, but that's control and people yeah. who may not being as sophisticated uh, in, in terms of understanding this don't see it right away. But once you see mm-hmm. it, then you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are individuals who have their control agenda, uh, but then they can do it without the screaming and the shouting and the cursing and the name calling mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, in, in fact, as you implied, uh, it's even more effective if we want to use it in that, in that kind of terminology. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you would walk away thinking, well, maybe there is something wrong with me. And he would walk away thinking, mission accomplished.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and the main thing with a with a narcissist, any narcissist over it or covert is they're such energy vampires. The the focus needs to be on them. And so the way the covert person will do it is they will ma- manipulate through emotions. You know, or they will manipulate in ways like that, making me think I was to this or to that or not enough, this or that. Um, And so the day that was supposed to be about me, or if it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, you know, the the day that's supposed to be about you becomes about them. Yes. You know, I talked to a woman who, as an example, um, her brother had passed away a year prior and it was the anniversary of, of his passing. So this was a big day for her. She was going to be emotional, feeling a lot. So her boyfriend, all of a sudden on that day, became very depressed, just out of the blue, no reason. Kind
0: of sucks all the energy out of the room and puts it right here.
2: Yeah, because he knows. I mean, the thing is with covert narcissists, a lot of targets, (laughs) the people that get with them are very nurturing, caring people. And so if we see someone that we love, feeling sad or, you know, going through something, we will put all our energy into them. So that's a way, that's a trait that, that covert narcissists use against us because they know that that will happen. And so then our energy gets put on them. So that's a, that's the thing that happens often with them. I know them that it. that
0: we have uh, listeners and viewers here right now that are thinking, "Oh, so in other words, these people are looking at some of your better characteristics, like your tenderness or your willingness to get along, mm-hmm. and that's going to work against me if I'm that kind of a person." And and we want to remind people, no, it's this is not about you. Uh, you're, you're being played, you just don't know it yet, because that's the nature of covert narcissism, mm-hmm. but they're picking up on that, and it's like, I think I can use this to my advantage. Uh, yeah. now, there's another thing I, I want, you were kind of implying this, but um, mm. one of the things with the covert narcissist, um, with narcissism in general, they can be very condescending and haughty, but the covert is not going to be as um, grandiose about that, Mm-hmm. What do you notice about the covert person that, uh, that, uh, uh, would reveal that they do in fact have that condescending and haughty attitude?
2: Yeah, it is so covert. <laughs> and so it's more in their actions often than words, you know, like, um, And it does come out. I will say like during the discard phase, the final phase, whether you're breaking up with them or they breaking up with you or ending the relationship, their mask does start to slip a little more and they do become a little more overt. So you'll see, you know, I've talked to attorneys, divorce attorneys who say like, they just don't believe the law applies to them. You know, that's the haughty. I'm above even the law. And so that'll come out different if they're an overt, you know, a yeah. they might like break the law, but a covert will want to be liked. Their reputation is everything to them. So very they will conscious. always, yeah. So they want the attorneys to like them. They want the judge to like them. They want everyone to like them. And so they will learn. I mean, they're very crafty They're to me, almost like a more intelligent version of the overt narcissist, <laughs> you know, not to give them cred, but it, but also <laughs> yeah. to say that to survivors, a lot of people have a lot of, um, they'll feel a lot of guilt and shame for not seeing it. And I think I want to say to them, don't ever blame yourself because yes. this is highly intelligent ways of manipulation and control. And the smartest, I've talked to many therapists who were with a covert narcissist for over 20 years and never saw it. So know that they, it's just so crafty. There's a reason you didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And that's so, that's such an important distinction too, because part of their stick, if you will, is uh, I'm a very selfish person, but I'm not going to let you know that. And so I'm That's gonna let you right. think that I'm the exact opposite, so they can actually uh, um, go into you know the, uh, a version of their own love bombing or kindness or helpfulness and giving uh, goodness. What you don't know when you're in the receiving end of that in the moment is there's always a hook on the backside of it uh, that'll show up later. Yeah, on. So. and it
2: can come across. And this is the this is the subtle haughtiness that you were talking about. Is there's a lot of teaching that goes on where they the narcissist will let you know that they know more than you, how you should live your life and who you should be.
0: (laughs) But it's subtle. Well, I don't know that you need to be subtle.
2: So like, for instance, a mother might say to her daughter, I know, I know you want to start your own business, but I just worry, you know, because so it can come across like they care, but she'll say, I just worry because, you know, I, I've just seen a lot of things in your life you haven't really followed through and, and it's all understandable and you're really capable, but I'm just worried that you don't have enough energy for this or, you know, you really need to be a dynamic person. And, you know, you don't really have that as your personality, but I'm just looking out for you. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Oh, the, uh, the, the old, I'm just trying to help.
2: I'm just yeah. trying to help. And so, yeah. especially when it's a parent, it's like, so confusing because you have experienced love from them because covert narcissists aren't always mean, or we would leave them a lot sooner. You know, we'll get like love notes from them and a mom will hold you and you'll feel safe at times or, or a dad, you know. Um, But then they'll, so when they say things like that, you have this impression and visual of this is my mom. She loves me. And so you end up leaving feeling completely disempowered and questioning, what are you even thinking about starting yeah. a business? You don't have what it takes. And
0: uh, completely unaware that you just got eviscerated.
2: Yeah, yeah. that that's not, and, and, you know, like we were talking about before, it's like the opposite of narcissism is love, you know? So a lot of things is it, that's helpful to see, like even with the birthday example, Well, you know, when you're caught up in like, oh, did I not thank them enough? Maybe I am like, you know, too picky or, you know, whatever. But if you really think about how do you love someone, you know, if I'm celebrating my kid's birthday or my friend's birthday, you know, I want them to feel so much love. I want them to feel like they are appreciated. This is your special valued.
1: day. Yeah. This is
2: their special day. I want it to be all about them. And I would be destroyed if they were crying at the end of the day, feeling yeah. like they did something wrong. Yeah, like that's but to the loud. covert
0: narcissist. This just proves A, why I need to be in charge, and B, why you're such a dysregulated person. I'd like for you to be aware of my video courses. One of them is entitled Free to Be, Finding Yourself Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Now, inside this course are various modules and inside each module, it breaks down into various lessons with a video teaching documents and then also questions that go along with it. For example, inside Free to Be, you'll learn how controllers want to invite you into their games. But then you'll also learn about the seven principles of freedom, how to develop self-trust, and much more. Now, if you are interested in enrolling in the classes, you could go to our survivingnarcissism.tv website, click the link for courses, and you'll find that one and others. And I hope that you would find them to be quite therapeutic.
1: And now back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter.
0: Yeah, I want to get into that passive-aggressive part, too. We've got the covert Uh, form of control and low empathy you just don't see it right away but then when we talk about passive aggressiveness we 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 want to zero in on that word aggressive there's an aggressive element here which Mm -hmm. is their anger Uh, but again they may not rage and scream and all of that Um, so where do you see the covert narcissist being inclined towards anger but in that passive form of communicating their anger?
2: I think they're inclined to the passive forum because again, they, they are all about their reputation. So they don't want to be the person that yells and looks bad, you know? And I do want to say, cause people can get confused. Sometimes it's like, oh, I must not be with a covert narcissist, but someone can be, cause he did, or she did yell. Um, there's a spectrum you know, between overt and covert. And some people can be right in the middle and they can right. have both traits. Thank and you then for some that. yes, yeah. And then the extreme coverts won't yell. You know, they won't call you names. Maybe towards the end, that's when when their masks start slipping. But they're inclined to the passive aggressive way of punishing you and attacking you, demeaning you because no one can see through it you know so uh, a a big thing for them is the silent treatment okay you know um i remember a time where i had um well uh, i i got into flipping homes <laughs> you know where i had bought i had used part of our savings to put into this house and i fixed it up and i did an amazing job and Right then was 2008. <laughs> so when I went to sell it, all the. Oh, that's know, when the,
0: uh, the the real estate market was not doing really well here in the, in the States. Plummeted. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Yeah. So I ended up losing money and I felt such guilt. I felt so bad. Like I took our family's money and I did this, you know. So instead of, you know, and it's natural for the person I was with, to feel like, Oh man, (laughs) to feel something about that, you know, but what I was the recipient of was the silent treatment. So it wasn't like he was yelling. I can't believe you did that. You're an awful person, you know, whatever, but for weeks, silent treatment. And it's so devastating, you know, and the Mm -hmm. opposite would have been this is where it's so healing, you know, when, when you experience love after this, you, you get a picture of like, oh, it could have been like that. You know, I, I was with, uh, I dated a guy later and I was telling him the story and just his reaction was just so healing. Cause he said, you know, if I would have been with you when you did that, I would have said, all right, (laughs) this is a hit we're going to take. It's okay you have now learned. And after that, I never flipped a home again, because I was just so devastated. And, and so my friend said, um, at the time, he said, I would have said, Okay, well, now you've learned a lot. You've done two homes like this. So go out and do another one. Because you're so much smarter now. And this time, you're going to succeed. You know, that's the empowerment and the wisdom of love.
0: You know, recently um, I, I, I was designated to go get some food for lunch, but uh, between my, for my wife and me. And so I went and, uh, you know, she told me what she wanted. She wanted some tortilla soup. And so I went to the restaurant and picked it up. And, uh, and I, the lady said, okay, uh, tortilla soup right here. Got home and it wasn't tortilla soup. <laughs> it was tacos. And uh, guess what we eat here in Texas. And uh, so I opened it up. It's like, they gave me the wrong order. And she just laughed and said, you know, that happens. Don't worry about it. And yeah. it's a little, and I said, well, do you want me to go back and uh, get you something different? She said, no, not, I'll take care of this. That's not a problem. Well, it's a small illustration, uh, much smaller than yours, but the bottom line is something didn't go right. Mm-hmm. Healthy individuals will say, uh, kind of like this other man that you talked to, well, why don't we talk about it? What's the lesson learned? Or in my wife's case, uh, well, that didn't go well. Now, uh, don't you know, sometimes that happens. But that covert, passive-aggressive person is thinking, you, you're messing with me, aren't you? And uh, your presence in my life is a negative, and there you go again, proving how that's so. And so that's, that's their starting point. Uh, they want to be known as kind and helpful and loving, but when it comes to dealing with all of these many possibilities of humanity showing up, or in your case, uh, mm-hmm. you didn't foresee the uh, the, the, the downturn mm-hmm. in the housing market, uh, like, oh, I don't know, um, you know, tens of millions of other people, uh, we're not going to turn it into something learning, uh, we're just going to turn it into a reason to condemn, and that's that haughtiness that's there Mm -hmm. as if he never made a mistake like that so unless uh,
2: I'm hearing my phone ring should we like pause
0: or nah, i can go hang okay just keep going we're just gonna this is, okay. real, this is real life okay we actually have a landline
2: i have <laughs> a landline i know first
1: time in a year well,
0: I, I used to know what those things were <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're just gonna keep on going
1: okay. now
0: th- there's another part that goes along with the uh the covert passive aggressive narcissism and, and that's entitlement uh, but mm-hmm. again, it's not the, uh, the big grand entrance and all of that. But mm-hmm. as you're talking, I'm, I'm picking up on the fact that, yeah, uh, there's kind of a, what are you going to do for me now? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's in this for me down the road? And But, but again, uh, they don't necessarily put it in those words. Where do you see that attitude of entitlement? And then uh, accompanying that, the exploitiveness and the manipulation that might go along with that.
2: Yeah. And I was thinking tying all that in together and what we were just saying is um, a main thing that we don't notice with a covert narcissist and a, a regular, you know, overt is we are not in their lives for love and connection and harmony. We are there to fill something in them, you know? So basically without us knowing it, during the love bombing stage, we were being interviewed. <laughs> it, it's a, it's almost as if they are the casting director, and they're and having some people data in. gathering
0: going on. Not really. That's I want to right. know you down at the heart level, but I, I'm I'm gathering data.
2: That's right. That's right. Because there are certain things I want from you, and I want to see if you have those things. A lot of times they'll even test you, you know, uh, in in different covert ways to see like will you allow me to do this? You know, kind of pushing the envelope, you know, how patient are you? How loving are you? Will you, you know, give everything for me? And so that's where we get so confused because we want harmony and connection. And so there's this entitlement, just even in that, like I am the king (laughs) or the queen, Mm -hmm. you know, of this kingdom and you are here to serve a purpose. You're not here for me to love you and for me to receive your love. And so that's based on
0: your utility to me.
2: Yeah. And that's another reason why as soon as that ends, they're with someone else. Yeah. You know, they're so I say in worthy of love, like you weren't replaced because that's so painful to feel how easily replaced we are. You were just recast, you know, Yeah. <laughs> Your well, role there's kind of a recast. backwards
0: compliment when they finally determine uh you're not good for me. It's like, well, if if me having to play the role of the lackey is what you're looking for, then thank you for noticing that I don't want to do that anymore. That's uh, right.
2: Yeah, and that's where sometimes the the relationship disintegrates when you start becoming stronger. Yeah. Because you're of no use to a narcissist when you're becoming stronger.
0: Yeah. Debbie, I know that you've run across people who ask this question of you. And so I'm curious to get your reaction to this. People can just throw up their hands and say, how did I get mixed up with all of this? I mean, how was it that I became vulnerable to this kind of manipulation? What was it in me that made me Mm -hmm. susceptible?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: how, How do you respond to that?
2: I see it as a, as a, as a, a couple things. things. Um, usually there's something in our childhood that set us up for this and maybe it looked just, you know, it, it can be many things. It could be that you were raised by an overt narcissist and then you meet this no oh, covert narcissist and you're so relieved. Like, so, oh, so okay. There's a
0: lack of the yelling or there's a lack of the grandiosity. So, okay, this must be good.
2: Right. But you were raised with a narcissist. So then, you learned that dance you learned your role with a narcissist you learned that this was all about them you learned of yourself Mm -hmm. you learned that you weren't worthy of of uh respect or boundaries you know without having this be like you know conscious um consciously aware of it um and so that so then when you get with you know when you date someone as or when you make friends or whatever, you're kind of set up with this paradigm and belief of your role in relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: that's a big reason um, that often happens. And then, you know, sometimes I remember talking to one woman who was like, I had a good childhood. You can still have a good childhood. And maybe there were just certain things that were unhealthy about your parents, you know, not their fault, but They got stuff from their parents. Mm -hmm. And then that those little things can, you know, maybe like, for instance, I had such an incredibly loving mom, but she didn't have boundaries and she didn't have a lot of things that, that set me up, you know, for um, relationships I ended up getting in later. So it wasn't like she was controlling or manipulative or anything like that. But it was kind of like what I learned personally is a woman's place you know, kind of from her, Yeah, which is not, but that's, well, and the
0: sad thing is uh, many of the ingredients that can get you in trouble with that narcissistic person are in and of themselves very helpful. What you're talking about is being cooperative or being willing to hear someone else or flexible and all of that. And the narcissist is saying, Oh, this is good. You know, th- there's a subtlety mm-hmm. that I pick up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll, I'll teach people sometimes about, you know, this is what boundaries look like. And let's go into that mm-hmm. and figure out what this means. Or this is what assertiveness looks like. And then uh, people can come back, let's say a week later, they'd come to my therapy office and they'd say, Well, I tried that boundary stuff and it just didn't work.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, what they mean is that other person got mad or that other person thought it was mm-hmm. stupid. And so that being the case, it didn't work. And that gives us an insight into the one trying to set the boundaries uh, because uh, they can't we all get along and can't we right. all just have this coordination? Uh, boundaries and assertiveness can work in the sense that you're standing up for yourself and you're holding firm to what you know is wise and best. And if the other person doesn't like it, Well, it still works if you're being true to what you know is wise and best. And if you're trying to do it as cleanly as possible. And that's a distinction that I think so many uh, pleasant and friendly and pleasing people have to come to terms with. You don't have Mm -hmm. to have their concurrence to say, well, nonetheless, once I've figured out what's going on, I still need to stand up for myself. And if you don't like it, I still need to stand up for myself.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think oftentimes people who don't like your boundaries are oftentimes people who don't have their own boundaries. And so it rubs them the wrong way. And, and I think for a lot of us, just genuinely kind people that, you know, it's also like a, a form of protection for us that we learned as, as kids, like we knew, let's say we had a narcissistic mom or dad, we knew that our kindness or our maybe you were a really humorous person. I've heard comedians say this a lot, like, you know, their comedy, they would see their mom cheer up, you know, or that'll get me off the hook. Yeah. And, or when you're the kind person in your family, you know, then maybe you got more special treatment. And so we learned that to get love and to keep love, we need to be kind or we need to be funny or we need to, you know, whatever it is. And so we can stay in relationships like this because we're because we're still playing that belief out, you know, that we need to always be kind or I'm gonna lose this person. Or so it's very and it's genuinely uncomfortable. Like someone like me, I'm genuinely kind. (laughs) It's not something I have to try. Is that a stretch
0: to believe that? (laughs) It's
2: It's just yeah, and and so for me to stand up to someone is so, or be confrontational is so uncomfortable. Yeah, I can't, I ever, I can't stand every, any second of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want harmony and love. And so it's also when we have someone treating us so badly, it's so uncomfortable to stand up. And, and there's also like so much in that, that's tied into our value too, you know? So there, yeah, a lot of reasons.
0: Okay, this uh, as you're talking, I can go about down about 16 different paths on this one. This is a really large topic, isn't it?
2: And, uh,
0: again, I'm going to say to our audience, uh, Debbie Mirza is, uh, the author of the book, the passive aggressive covert narcissist. And there are so many layers to this. And, uh, Debbie, thank you so much for writing the book and thanks for being here with us. I, you know, I, I tell you what we're going to need to do, uh, since I've got, ai I had multiple questions written down and I, I got through about four of them. Uh, mm-hmm. so I've got more <laughs> to do. We just may have to try this again at another point and just add to yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I, love that. I, I know you've got more writing on the horizon, so uh, I want to uh, pick your brain more in terms of what you have going on. Um, mm-hmm. Team Healthy, know that uh, th- when you think, well, maybe I'm the crazy mm-hmm. one, uh, don't let yourself just lay down and, and get walked on with that, right, Debbie? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're wanting to say, you know, uh, trust yourself, listen to your gut, if, if particularly if you're starting to see some of these invalidations, that are coming uh those are the clues that says you know that, that's no way to uh to move forward in a healthy relationship uh, what does this mean what does this mean for me and listen to yourself and because uh, the covert narcissists, they're all about you know prettying things up according uh, of course uh, it'll be to their uh, benefit uh honesty and and uh, full self-disclosure is not their strong suit so we need to listen to who uh, who we are and what we're saying, and and uh, we need to believe what we're seeing too, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Any any parting words that you want to share with us before we wrap up here?
2: Yeah, just to add to that, that that is the key. When people you know ask me what can I do to safeguard myself in the future from people like this, and one is learn the traits, but also really learn to trust your body because that's the thing with the covert it's not obvious but our bodies always feel it yeah. our stomach tightens our head yeah. feels unclear you know and so trust yourself incredibly and, yeah. and that's a journey to the old saying the
0: body keeps score
2: yeah it definitely does yeah hmm
0: what a delightful person you are, Debbie. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you've joined us here on our Surviving Narcissism channel. And uh, like I say, I really do want to have you back. Okay. And okay. Uh, best wishes to you and your continued writing. And uh, you. you're such an articulate person. So thank you for uh, all that you've shared with us here today.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: Okay. Bye. Team Healthy. Uh, she can be found there at debbiemirza.com. And I hope you'll uh, go and look her up. I think you're going to find some good materials there. Bye now.
1: Thank you for listening. Surviving Narcissism is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience, specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. You can find more content from Dr. Carter on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Surviving Narcissism, as well as on his website, survivingnarcissism.tv. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We are so glad to have you on Team Healthy.